0: Thanks for joining us today at City Life. We believe today's message will empower you and point you towards Jesus. But remember that church is so much more than a message you listen to. It's a living, breathing community that we invite you to be a part of. We hope to see you on a Sunday morning at City Life, in person or online. Our Heart for the House series, it's a series uh, that's focused on God's church and becoming a strong, healthy Church, we want to become a strong local church, and we want to see also the church not only in our region but in the world be strong as well. But we can only do what we can only do, and so we want to be responsible for being a strong, healthy church here in Leduc and so, um, and in this region. So, we're going to be going through this series, we're going to be doing this series for three weeks. I'll, I'll I will obviously be communicating today, and then Joy will be uh preaching next week, and then Pastor Mike. Uh, who was just up here, he will be encouraging us in our last week. And I just kind of want to give just a bit of a, it's not necessarily a disclaimer, but just a more of information and some preparation for your hearts over these next few weeks. Is that okay? Okay. Okay, good. A few of you think it's okay. That's all right. Um, So, Heart for the House, this series is designed, like I said, so that we can unify as a church and become strong and healthy. That's the purpose, okay? So we want to become a strong and healthy local church, not a country club, not just a nice little gathering that we can come and have a nice time, but we want to become the church, and we're going to discover more of what the church is meant to be. Uh, And so, but in the final week, Pastor Mike, he already kind of encouraged us a little bit uh, during the offering, but... On in, in three weeks from now, it's October 30th. Um, many of you who have been here for a long time, you're used to this, the Heart for the House, Giving Sunday. Uh, but if you're not, we just want to prepare you Um we encourage everyone to do, first of all, a, there's no pressure, but do whatever you can as an individual or as a family to give a one-time offering to, and it can be for the chairs, that's what we're, I mean, there's, and Pastor Mike will explain it more, but a one-time offering or make contribute, um, my family and I, we've done this too, where you make, a, you make a plan for contributions throughout the year. It's just being planning, and I don't know about you, if you don't plan something and prioritize it, What happens? It doesn't happen. So we want to plan and prioritize God's house in all the areas of our lives, including financially. With that said, this is not a series about money. It's about your heart. And so that's the disclaimer, the starting point. Hopefully, hopefully that makes sense to you and we can, uh, and we can go from here. Uh, ultimately, if God doesn't have your heart, he doesn't really have anything of yours. And so... That's the starting point. That's the place where we want to start as Christ followers. We want to offer up our hearts to God on a daily basis, a moment-by-moment basis, actually, saying, God, here is my heart. Direct and, and move and mold and shape me how you want to day in and day out. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to be doing, taking a little bit of time to go over a bit of historical church not all throughout the ages, but more so the conception of it. And what is church? With so many new people in church and so many ideas in the Christian faith right now of what is church and what can it be, I do believe it's really important, actually, to bring definition to what is the church, what's its purpose. I have a few questions here. What is the church and its purpose? How was the church formed? And, and what can we learn from the early church that applies to us today? Because, as I said, I don't know about you, but you spend just a little bit of time online or talking with with people, and it seems like there are new ideas popping up. You ever put, well, obviously everyone here has seen popcorn pop, but you put the popcorn, either you you do it the old school way and you have the little churning pot, or you just throw it in the microwave and nothing seems to be happening all of a sudden. Pop, 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 pop seems like all sorts of ideas are just popping up that are, oh, this is just a new idea and this is a more progressive way to do things. Well, ultimately, we believe that Jesus set up and designed his church one way and we want to follow that way. So that's what we're going to look at today. Does that sound like a good idea? Okay, we're on the same page. Father, we just just come to you and we ask uh, that your Holy Spirit would direct this time, direct my words, uh, and ultimately, whatever I say that is not really in line with you, even though I'm trying to be in line with you. God, may it just kind of fade to the sides of our memories. God, and the things that you want to communicate, we welcome those ideas, those, th- those thoughts, and that will you change our hearts the way you want to do that. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, a big, loud yeah. amen. Okay. We are alive. I'm trying not to yell at you, but I feel like I am a little bit. <laughs> Number one, what is the church and its purpose? What is the church and its purpose? Now, I'm sure if you just did the classic, like, New York City poll where you just, like, walk to somebody, excuse me, ma'am, excuse me, sir, and you ask them, what is the church? You're going to get many, many, many different answers. Well, let's look to the Bible and see what the church actually is. In the Bible, the Greek word for church is ekklesia. It's used 109 times in the New Testament. And overall, there's three general uses when they use that name. Three kind of separate but together descriptions of that word. The first is uh, it applies to a local assembly of those who profess faith and allegiance to Christ. So anyone who says, I have faith in and I have allegiance to Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, when there's a local assembly, a local gathering, that is referred to as the church. So right now, look around. All, All of you right now, whoever has Said, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. I have faith in him. I'm following him. I'm following his ways. I believe in him. You are a part of the church. So that's one, that's one of the three kind of general meanings. Second, it refers to the universal church. So Paul eventually starts using this word very regularly uh, in his teachings. Paul is one of the main, uh, uh, main followers of Jesus and writers of the New Testament in the Bible. And uh, so it refers to the universal church. So all the followers of Jesus collectively across the the globe. Let's just do this. See if this helps out. (sighs) Okay. So universal church. And then the church is referred to as also third. It's God's congregation. So, God's congregation. So, we've got local assemblies, we've got, we've got the, the global church, and then God's congregation. So, those are kind of, um, you know, that's what the church is. The church is, in fact, it's not these physical walls, it's not this building, it's not the church on a hill with a steeple. That's, a phys- that's where the church gathers, but that's actually not the church. We are the church, people are the church. So I just want to be clear with you. You know, we say we're going to church. It's like we're going as the church to gather as the church. But we're not, we are going to a physical building. This physical building, it actually used to have probably right around here was as close to the the electronics was right here. This used to be the brick here. And no longer the brick anymore. And so uh, this is, but it's a building and it serves the church's use. It's just a tool, okay? So just so you understand that. Okay, and then really, so what is the church? I've explained that. What's the purpose of the church? There's three purposes, and I'll I'll kind of have—I've got a lot of stuff here, and I do want to get through it, and I do believe it's important. So, just you know, buckle up. So, the first purpose of the church, when we gather, it's it's to worship Him. That's the first and primary focus of the church. When we gather, it's not—we don't come to get, even though we do get, we do receive but we actually, when we gather, we come to bring. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, yes, and into his courts with praise. Yeah, in 1 Peter 2, 9, it says, but you, and he's uh, uh, talking about the church, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. I like that I and you, we are God's special possession, that you may declare The praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So the first purpose of the church is worship. The second purpose is to train and equip people to follow Jesus. The church word for training and equipping people to follow Jesus is discipleship. Okay? Discipleship. If you're a follower of Jesus, a lot of times you're referred to as a disciple of Jesus. That's what they would say. And so... um, Discipleship is simply being trained and equipped as the church and a follower of Jesus to be uh, to, to, first, to, to first of all have knowledge and heart transformation of him. And then second, uh, second the, the third purpose here, I mean, I could, I don't know if I want to, ah, this is so good. I'm going to read this actually. I'll read, the, I'll, I'll read this first. In Ephesians 4, to 12, it says, Now these are the gifts Christ gave the church the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. So God has work for all of us. I don't know if you knew that. Before the fall of man, if you rewind, right when Adam and Eve were were created, there was work actually a part of, there was work a part of Their responsibilities. Work didn't come after sin entered the world. Work was actually before. And so God still has work for every single one of you. You're not too old, you're not too young to actually have work that God has set aside for you specifically to do, but you need to be trained and equipped in order to function the way God wants you to function. And that happens when we gather together and we are discipled by one another. And so it's really it's really important. Paul also talks later on in the scriptures, he talks about maturing from spiritual milk. And what happens after a baby has milk for a long time? Eventually they, they're, they're ready. They get some teeth, they get those chompers there, and they're ready to go. They already need some spiritual food. And so that's what Paul actually encourages us as a church. Let's not just live on spiritual milk. We need to mature. We need to be growing. We need to be trained and equipped to develop so that we can be effective in the work that he has for us to do. So that's the second purpose of the church, discipleship. And the third is to reach people with the good news of Jesus, which is the gospel. The good news of Jesus. That he came to this planet, lived a perfect life, died a sinless life, died sinless, did not sin, died perfect on, the, on behalf of all humanity, and was raised from the dead, and now is an atoning sacrifice for all who believe in him. That is the gospel, and it's pretty powerful, and that's why we're here today, or most of us, unless someone just said, I'll pay you, or I'll uh, not pay you, uh, I will... Give you lunch or something i don't know maybe someone paid them i don't know mark 16 uh verses 15 and 16 says this this is jesus speaking to the disciples it says and and he and then he told them go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned that's pretty straightforward jesus has a message the message is the gospel if you believe the gospel and you are baptized and believe, just let me just clarify, when, when we look at this word belief, be, like, like thinking slash mentally understanding, I believe this and obedience are actually coupled together. So when you believe something, you actually obey it as well. So it's not just like, oh, I think that. I just think that, and I know this information. No, I believe it, therefore I actually act on it. Right now, every single person in this room sitting on a chair believes that that chair is going to hold them. Because you you have put faith, you've put action towards the fact that you're sitting in there. It even holds a Calgary Flames fan. I can't believe it. I can't believe you haven't disintegrated in the house of God yet. Dang, they lost last night, the Oilers. Okay. Okay, so the three purposes are to worship, to be discipled, and to share the good news, okay? So that's the first question. The second question was, how was the church formed? I'll set the scene quickly. I've already mentioned, you know, Jesus lived a perfect life, and when he was raised from the dead, he he was given a few instructions before he was, like, tractor-beamed right up to the heavens. Uh, And so Jesus was raised to life after dying on the cross, cross. He appeared to many people. There was many accounts of Jesus appearing uh, to them. He also said, it's better that I go so that the counselor, which is the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit can go. It's like a tag team. Ever watch wrestling with a tag team? I watched it back in the day, back in the 80s. Good times, that's right. (laughs) Move along, Jeremy. But they did the tag team. Jesus is like, you're in. And the Holy Spirit's like, I'm in. And so... The pro- so, he said, so Jesus promised the Holy Spirit, and then he took off. Jesus is like, see ya. It's better that I go so that the Holy Spirit can come. And so he, let's hear the words of Jesus. It says in Acts 1-4, it says, um, Jesus is speaking, do not leave Jerusalem. He's speaking to his followers. He's saying, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you, will, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. That's when the tag team's happening right there, okay? Uh, So he says, just wait there. Like, go to Jerusalem and wait. Don't do anything else. Jerusalem, wait, okay? It's a pretty simple instruction, okay? And it carries on here, Acts uh, 1.8. Here's the knowledge you will need. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. So you're going to get power to be a witness, Okay? First, here in Jerusalem, then beyond to Judea and Samaria, and finally uh, to the furthest places on earth. So, we're understanding what's happening. Jesus is like, I'm out of here. The tag team's happening. The Holy Spirit's coming. You need to wait here, though. Just be patient. Wait in Jerusalem. And then the Holy Spirit will give you power so that you can be my witnesses. So, this section's a little bit longer. I'm not going to read the whole chapter. I'm going to paraphrase a few things, but I want to. This is the birth of the church. How did the church come about? This is how it happened. On the day of Pentecost, this is Acts 2, 1 to 4. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Good start. They were in one place. You know, they were in Jerusalem still. Uh, There was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit showed up, filled people's lives. There was evidence that they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. And it's actually interesting. Um, people were like, these people must be drunk. and they like Because they could hear this. People who were not in the room, they heard, what is going on here? What is happening here? And they heard people actually speaking and prophesying in their own language. Um, oh, there was all different, because there was many different cultures represented as they were gathered. And so people were like, they're drunk. And then Peter, one of the, one of the followers of Jesus... He got up and preached to them. He basically said, listen, it's early in the morning. These guys aren't drunk. They've just been filled by the Holy Spirit. And then he goes and qualifies. He goes to the Old Testament and says, this is what's actually happened. And this is what is happening right now. And Jesus is the Messiah. And he basically just preaches for a long time to everybody with great boldness. And then we pick it up in Acts 37 to 41. And it says, Peter's words pierced their hearts. And they said to him and to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? So people were like, whoa, this like cut to the core of who I am. And like, what do we need to do? Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God. Again, a very pretty straightforward instruction. You need to repent and turn to God. Uh, And be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, just as the previous disciples did. This promise is to you, to your children, and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. So Peter was filled with boldness. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. He preached. And then look at this verse 41. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day about 3,000 in all. That's pretty impressive. Imagine we as the church are having a hot summer Sunday uh, uh, outside, and we're doing some meeting, and people are listening in. They're like, these guys must be drunk. (laughs) Because we're so passionately in love with Jesus. They're like, wow, how can these people be this happy? It's because we love Jesus so much. And... uh, And then, could you imagine 3,000 people coming to faith in one day? That's amazing. That's chaotic. It's super crazy. Boom, there you have it. The church was started. That's how it started. The tag team happened. Jesus took off. The Holy Spirit showed up. The people of God were patient. It actually talks that there was a larger number of people waiting, and they kind of got... Tired of waiting, and they're left. So there's about 120, I think, out of 500 who are waiting for the promise of the Holy Spirit. So there was, you know, 380 who were just like, I'm out of here. This isn't happening. But they waited. The Holy Spirit showed up. They were filled with power to be his witnesses. Boom, 3,000. It's amazing. Okay, so that's how the church was formed. Are we getting this? It's clear? Good. What can we learn from the early church that applies to us as a church today? Acts 2, 42 to 47. This is awesome. So this is just right after the story that we just read. It says the community continually committed themselves to learning what the apostles taught them, gathering for fellowship, breaking bread, and praying. Everyone felt a sense of awe because of the because the apostles were doing so many signs and wonders among them. There was an intense sense of togetherness among all who believed. They shared all their material possessions in trust. They sold any possessions and goods that did not benefit the community and used the money to help everyone in need. They were unified as they worshipped at the temple day after day. In homes, they broke bread and shared meals with glad and generous hearts. The new disciples praised God, and they enjoyed the goodwill of all the people of the city day, uh, day after day the Lord added to their number everyone who is experiencing liberation. Like, what a, what a description, actually. There's a, there's a lot happening there. And so I, I'm not going to talk about everything in there, but there's a few things I do want to draw out. So we have Jesus... He leaves, the Holy Spirit comes, the church is born, people are filled with power to be witnesses for Jesus, people are probably going, you know, they're meeting every day, they're learning and growing, they're breaking bread together, all these things are happening, and I'm, I could imagine that as followers of Jesus, you know, they're not just like hanging out as the church all day, every day, just, and that's it, they, they still have responsibility, They still had work. There was still family. So I could imagine people going, and they're meeting together, and they're finding Jesus, and then they go to their workplace, and then they're just like, hey, I don't know what's going on in my life. It's just, this is pretty crazy. But do you remember that guy who died? Well, he actually rose from the dead, and now his spirit lives in me, and I'm completely different. And like... And so they're sharing, they're beginning to share. I could imagine there'd probably be such a buzz among the city and the region. And there's there like people would be showing up to work and be like, I thought you didn't have that limb. Oh well, I got healed and it grew back. That's kind of it's like, what do you mean you got healed? So there was quite this, this buzz and this hype that's going on. But more so, it's the power of the Spirit beyond a buzz and a hype. The power of the Spirit was at work in hearts that were open. And so what can we learn here? Uh, well, the first thing is that they applied themselves to learning. It says they committed themselves to learning what the apostles taught them. As a disciple, as a follower of Jesus, we don't, we don't, it's not just like we get something. How many of you, and you don't have to raise your hand, have purchased a membership to something and not used it? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, and you feel like, oh, I'm a part of this club, except for you're not. You actually aren't. If you own a gym membership and haven't gone to a gym, you don't work out. (laughs) Just so you know. (laughs) You're not part of that club. So it is funny, actually. But we, but, but. Let's apply that to our faith. If you've said a prayer to Jesus and have just a North American mindset of belief, which is just like, oh, I believe that. Like I just, I know that and I think that, but I don't actually do it, that's ridiculous. You're not really a part of the club. And that's kind of a harsh word to say, but it's true. It's true. So they they committed themselves to learning. They gathered together. Man, what a tough season over the last few years. All of the world, you know, it was nice, I can admit, it was nice to have a little bit of a, a time out. I liked, I liked not meeting together for a little bit. Not, I, I kind of liked it. I liked not having any sports, any commitments. I liked just living in my basement. <laughs> I'm just being honest. I liked it for a short amount of time, but then I was like, this sucks. And doing church when we're like, it was hard. It was difficult. So, you know, we're meant to gather together. And I love, they actually mentioned this a couple times about breaking bread together and sharing meals. You know, if you've spent any time with us over the last couple years, we've talked about spiritual practices and just the power of meeting together and sharing food. Sharing a meal together is so powerful. So if we go back to those hands that were raised before, you know, remember that. Make a date here, people. Invite somebody over or invite yourself over. There you go. I'm giving you... The freedom to invite yourself over to someone's house. Some people are like, don't do it. Don't look at me. Honey, we need to leave immediately after church. There was a togetherness. I love, there was, they unified, they worshiped. They took time to pray together. Can I say that as an individual, it's very important to pray? And Jesus modeled that and he, he got alone with the Father and took time to pray But it's also powerful when we pray together. I want to encourage you, after church, if you have a specific need, when you're talking with someone, to say, hey, do you think you could pray for this for me? That's what the church did. It wasn't just like one or two pastors or a couple leaders. It's like, no, they just started praying for each other. So you can have that freedom to say, hey, this is a challenging situation we're going through. Do you mind praying for us? And you can pray. And you can actually pray for someone. Did you know that? You can do that. Look at the result, though. Verse 44, it says, uh, where are we at? There was an intense sense of togetherness among all who believed. Now, the, I don't have time to go into all what was, you know, they sold their possessions. And, you know, a lot of people who believed in, this, in the faith, in, in believed in Jesus, they were actually disowned by their families. So they had nothing. And the church became their family. And so I'm not telling everyone we have to go sell everything that we have but I think there needs to be an openness inside of each one of us to just say, you know what? What I have here, I need to hold open-handed. It's not mine. It's like, this is God's. And God, however you want to use what I have, you know, it might be something super extravagant. It could be something so simple. You can be, we can be a generous church. And that's, that's like, these guys were, like, hardcore generous They sold and they gave, and we don't need this, but we can do this, and we can help that person. We can. It was pretty cool to see what they did, and so that's kind of like the scope. That's the big overview. I wanted to set. I thought you know I could talk about what like having a heart. Heart for the House, and like serving, and it, it is really important, and, and, and being generous, and all these different things, and taking time to be specific on one area, but I thought it was important that we would take a moment together as a church, just, let's get an understanding again. It's almost like, let's reorientate ourselves around what is the church, what really is the church, and what am I a part of? And so, we're going to take some moments here, we're going to, the band's going to actually come up here, well, they're showing up right now, look at this gorgeous team, wow, they're so gorgeous. Aren't they beautiful? They are. It's like everybody stare at the band as they come out. I got to say, this is a great team. You guys are a great team. I love, I lo- I love this team. If you want to be a part of this team, you can also be a part of this team. Uh, we're going to take a moment. We're going to actually just uh, take a moment to worship and actually just fix our attention on Jesus uh, but before I do, I do want to talk about, you know, I've talked about the church and we can, you know, it, you can get, you can come to church and sometimes it feels really good. And other times you're like, oh, this doesn't feel really good. Well, church isn't about feeling, you know, feelings are actually, uh, they're, a, they're like a byproduct of just your faith being rooted in Christ. And so today, you know, I talked about the church. There's probably people in this room that actually have not said well, I actually want to follow Jesus. I actually want to be a disciple of him. I actually want to share the gospel. I want to, I want to give my life up. It actually says in Matthew 16, 24 to 26, that Jesus actually gives, this is what he says, and uh, it's, pretty, it's pretty intense. Jesus is an intense dude at times. And it says, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, in a culture right now that is constructed fully around pleasing themselves and fulfilling self, Jesus invites us to the opposite. If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, and whoever does, uh, whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what is a man profited if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Does that make sense? You know, we chase and we hang on to these things that we think are so important. At the end of the day, when we come to Jesus, we just say, all this, all this fades in comparison to the richness of Christ, to the richness of knowing Jesus and that's where it starts, but let me tell you, and the church has kind of been bad at this. The church was really good at it for a while, but then became legalistic, legalistic, and then became really bad at it when it comes to discussing sin. You know, there was a time where it's like, go and get yourself cleaned up, and look like a Christian, and then you can come to church. That was legalism. That's religion, but on the flip side, you know, As a church, sometimes we haven't done a good job of discussing what is sin. Well, sin has actually become all of our nature. We're born into sin because of what Adam and Eve chose to do. And that separates us from God. God and sin do not mix. It's like oil and water. There is no mixing. And sin is, I read this statement on sin and I thought it was wonderful. Sin is our rebellion against God. It is an offense to his holy being Sorry. it's an offense to his holy being and it is a crime against his just order. The effect of our sin against God is that we are punished both temporarily and etern- With sorry, we are both punished with temporary and eternal separation from God and death. That's the actual result of sin. Sin isn't just this thing that we kind of, oh, I did some things and, Eh, whatever. It's like, God's a cool God. He's gracious. No, no, no. He's a holy, perfect God. And so, and it says, so I carry on with this. It says, and unless we confess our sin and forsake it and have faith in the atoning sacrifice of Christ, we will be condemned to punishment, to the punishment of hell for eternity. So, you know, typically we don't, this isn't like turn or burn moment. This is not what this is. This is an invitation from Jesus to escape the recklessness, the depression, and the heaviness, the weightiness of sin. It's because of what Christ has done, and when we actually accept his atoning sacrifice, his perfect sacrifice for us, when we accept that, we begin to, we actually then get reconnected with God the way we were always designed to be. That's, that's what it is. You ever watch those old westerns where someone gets tarred and feathered? Have you seen that before? They're covered in tar and then they get feathers put on them. And imagine my wife Jennifer was tarred and feathered right now and I said, this is the only way to clean yourself up. You have to be spotless perfect. And you have one cup of water to clean yourself up. That's impossible. You cannot be cleaned that way. And it's Jesus who actually goes beyond. It says, let me fill you. Let me wash over you. Let me cleanse you. Let me restore you the way you were meant to be restored. So I want to invite you to stand. We're just going to pray a prayer right now that invites Jesus to actually be the Lord of our lives. And it's, it's a prayer that we actually confess our sin. We confess our rebellion to God. And we just say, God, I need you and so the band is, you're going to just continue to play and we're going to take a moment to worship after this. But I want to invite you with every eye closed, if that's you right now, you don't have to raise your hand. But you can if you want just to indicate that's me. Identifying that I am a sinner and that I have lived in rebellion to God. And that I do want to accept the atoning sacrifice of what Christ has done so that i might may be free and i may be righteous and holy not because of my own works but because of what Christ has done and so we're going to pray right now and you can just repeat after me we say jesus i worship you i thank you for your goodness i thank you for your love i thank you for your sacrifice i come to you right now and i repent I confess that I have lived apart from you and that I am a sinner. And right now, I ask for your forgiveness. And today, I choose to follow Jesus. I put all of my hope in following you, Jesus. I choose to deny myself and pick up my cross and follow you, Jesus. Today And from this day forward, I am a follower of Jesus, and I am a Christian. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church, let's just begin to lift up our praise. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you want to take your next step in saying yes to Jesus, you can always contact us at cty.lc slash next step, or fill out the next step section on the City Life app. It's an honor to play a small part in what God is doing in your life. We look forward to connecting with you soon.